This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 425 for the week of June 19th, 2017. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of the entertaining. What is up? Hello, welcome back. It is good to see you. My name is Mike, sometimes Vichito EX. You can always just call me Mike. I am starting up and knocking down a podcast episode for you here. Been a little over a month since our last episode. Sometimes it happens that way. Just how things shake out sometimes. Everyone has been hard at work on lots of content for the website. I will talk to you about that at the end of the episode. Gonna have a little bit of a shorter episode as we kick things into gear. We're approaching summer. It's very exciting. Lots of good things in store for the site. This episode is really gonna be like one of those hype episodes where there was an announcement. We're really excited about it. We don't have much to say, but we feel like we got to say something. And that is Dragon Ball Fighters, the new game that was announced by Bandai Namco. It was, let's talk about this. So we have a topic coming your way. It's going to be with Ryan and Josh talking about the game, their impressions from E3. But I want to like set the stage here. First, let's talk about the reveal, the announcement of this game. It was a little bit unintentional, it seemed. I don't know if someone set a post to go a little early. My initial thought because there was a little bit of rumbling going on that there was an announcement coming soon was that they felt like this was the leak was imminent they just wanted to get ahead of it and put out their press release and so it went up on june 9th but the press release was dated for the 12th which was going to coincide with e3 that made sense my initial thought was they were trying to get ahead of it and so they just didn't change the date on the press release when they posted it the press release was removed from bandai namco's site later that day so clearly that was someone done funked up somewhere along the way but the cat was out of the bag at that point and e3 was just around the corner dragon ball fighters now let's talk about the title of this game when we went off the japanese press release uh, jake on our site herms translated the press release and the producer comment there as well we just called it dragon ball fighters just a straight up normal title f-i-g-h-t-e-r-s because that is what the title in katakana appears to come out as now we have since seen that the title is stylized with a capital z at the end. But if we go by the kana in the press release and the Japanese title, it appears to just be read as straight up Dragon Ball Fighters. Were it to have a letter Z pronounced as the letter Z, as in the title of Dragon Ball Z, where that's written out as Dragon Ball Z. It's not there. It's not Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It is Dragon Ball Fighters. So that's what we're going to call it from here on out. So when you hear me refer to it as Dragon Ball Fighters, it's not that I don't know what the title is. It's actually quite the opposite. I'm hoping here. So take that info. Spread it far and wide. The title of the game when spoken aloud should probably be Dragon Ball Fighters. There's a lot to be said. Uh, we're kind of going to recap all of that in our discussion for the topic portion of our episode here. So I don't want to get too in-depth with it there. You can also read the translated press release uh, from the Japanese side of Bandai Namco and then later the American branch of Bandai Namco. We have that in the same news update there on the site. We have the debut trailer up on the site. We shared some of the gameplay videos as well. So let's not waste any more time. I will see you on the flip side to talk about some site content and wrap it up. Topic time. Here we go. Dragon Ball Fighters. 
It has been a long time since a podcast episode, but it has also been a long time since either of these cool dudes has been on the show. Uh, you may see them around doing all sorts of stuff, but I will always know them individually as longtime friend slash rival and longtime friend of Konzenshu, kind of respectively. As Ryan and Josh. What's up, dudes? Hey, how's it going, Mike? What up? Uh, you guys are in the envious position of having gone <laughs> to E3 and ignoring all the other stuff about E3 because there's really only one important thing that was at E3 this year, and that is the upcoming Dragon Ball game. I've already talked about the pronunciation for the title, so I'm just going to call it Dragon Ball Fighters from here on out. I'm kind of curious from you guys, before we get into anything else, how was the title of the game being pronounced on the show floor by various people? Um, a lot Dragon of, Ball. Just Dragon Ball. Yeah, like a lot of people were saying Dragon... Actually, a couple of people in line were saying like Dragon Fighter Z. That's kind of what I expected that we might... Yeah, without it. the ball in it. Yeah, just Dragon Fighter Z. <laughs> okay, yeah. interesting. Pretty much just anytime I talked to somebody uh, from Bandai Namco. They were just like, oh, you want to play Dragon Ball? It's over here. Gotcha. So they avoided it that way by doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do a, a real quick recap. Again, it's been a long time since either of you have been on the show. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you. You date way the hell back to my days of online yes, exactly. Dragon Ball website fandom. Uh, Vegeta Insane, Ginga, Giddy Giddy. You've done Kai versions of your stuff, old AMVs. Yeah. Uh, you you dip away, you come back. You dip away, you come back. You never actually leave. Right, that's true. Well, I don't really update my Dragon Ball site anymore. It's more of just an archive for my old AMVs because you know I still try to keep them up as long as I can. Right. Uh, just recently on YouTube, I started a new AMV account maybe two years ago, and then just recently, like I think a couple of weeks ago, I have two copyrights strikes by Toei, so I just decided I'm going to get rid of that account. I'm going to upload all my old AMVs to archive.org and just put them on my website and Hopefully they'll stay up. There's no guarantee, but this is kind of my last resort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than personal web space, but then you do risk the actual, which is everything that I risk on a day-to-day -day basis, which is Toei Shueisha coming to you personally, which oh, yeah. <laughs> again, we have also dealt with in the past. So it's not like oh, yes, uh, yeah, definitely. Well, the good thing is, you know, my new web, well, like the revival of my website, 3gkai.com, it only gets probably like 10 views a day. So I, I hope I'm under Toei's radar because right. I'm pretty sure they have a, a katana that says Caster Troy and they definitely want to slice my head off. Just hiding in plain view here. All right. Yep. Well, it's good to have you. Then also along for the ride, I'm going to call him your better half right now. Right. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to ship Ryan Josh here on the show. Josh, <laughs> Ken Damu, how are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, just came back from E3 uh, with Ryan. It's a very tiring three days. But, you know, we got to play Dragon Ball, so it was worth it. Yep. Awesome. I'm beyond absolutely hyped for the new game. Uh, it's everything I've ever wanted. We've approached it in uh, a couple ways with a couple games over the years. Obviously, Super Dragon Ball Z was kind of like the closest we got to it. But now they're going straight up. It's a 2D fighting game. It's everything I want. It's everything I need. I need this game inside me right now. So... Rather than having a critical discussion about it, I pretty much need you to just tell me, validate my feelings, validate my thoughts. How great was this game? Uh, well, had I not gone back into the press area 
for Bandai Namco, I probably would have just hopped in the main line like another six times <laughs> just to just play it as much as I could throughout the whole day. I'd have been like, what? Interview with Natsume? I, I'm going to skip that and play Dragon Ball. It's absolutely amazing. On day one at E3, when we went to the Bandai Namco booth, um, there was a really, really long line for it. And I didn't get to go back to Bandai Namco till another two days later since I spent the second day away from the show floor. And yeah, and there was still a pretty decent line for it, but it went by really fast. And I got to play it about like three times. Um, I first played it when I got to the show floor on let's see Thursday morning. And then after that, Josh got invited into the press area. So he got me in there and then we played it again a little longer. Then after that, I waited in line with another friend and then we played it again. I guess we should say for those who don't follow the video game industry super, super closely, E3 was different this year and that the public could actually buy attendance tickets. E3 has always been a little loose over the years. I mean, there were times when if you worked at GameStop, you could kind of get in. They cut back on that a little bit. They really wanted press credentials. This year was different in that if you wanted to go and you had the money, you could buy a ticket. It seems like E3 is really having an identity crisis right now. Are they a convention or are they a press event? That's going to be very confusing moving forward for them. So I think uh, that just sets the stage for, yeah, it was all the press folks checking out Dragon Ball, but there was also a huge amount of public fans just there like, oh my God, let me play this game, right? Yeah, like in the past um, E3s that we've been to since, you know, it was just industry only and like people like never wore Dragon Ball t-shirts there. But this year, <laughs> everyone was wearing Dragon Ball t-shirts, you know, that Kame shirt. I, I saw a couple of people wearing uh, Batman shirts too. Yeah, the Batman shirts. I took pictures of that. <laughs> oh, geez. So E3 is approaching cosplay territory at some point. All right. Yep. Well, coming back to the game then. So we know it is uh, being developed by Arc System Works. Uh, they've worked on previous games in the franchise, Supersonic Warriors 1 and 2, the Buku Togeki and Resin. Uh, they worked on Extreme Butoden for the 3DS. So they've been there a little bit over the years, but this is going to be their first foray into Dragon Ball as a console kind of like main entry for the year, big fighting game. Uh, we're kind of dipping back away from Dimps again, giving someone else a chance. We've had a couple of these one-off things. I always remember slash forget Battle of Z. That was one of those off years in between other larger projects. So this seems to be one of those, all right, this is our experimental year. And this is very different because we live in a world where Dragon Ball games, to a certain audience, they are only 3D flight games in um, the style of uh, Sparking, Budokai, Tenkaichi, Raging Blast, and even Xenoverse. So to have this style of game really, I think, upset, and I don't mean that in a getting angry, but kind of like upset the the natural status of Dragon Ball games right now. What do you think about that? Uh, it's it's everything I want. Like, <laughs> Arc System works. They... Well, I mean, we're all the same age, so we, we all reflect on where we came from fighting games, so we are Tobias right, right here. <laughs> but yeah, well, but the Arc System works, you know, they worked on the, the Game Boy Advance, the Buku Togeki, uh, and like the DS. Those are two of my favorite Dragon Ball games. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, all their experience with fighting games and stuff like that. Like, I feel like if you take extreme Butoden and like the Buku Resin sort of speed and in like, I don't I want to say closing distance. Yeah, yeah. Then what you get is just a very fast paced version of extreme Butoden with, I think, actually a better combo system. Yeah. And I don't mean to demean those games as like, 
the way I'm going to phrase this is, all right, we're going to take those games as a basis and get serious on the console. That's not to say that those games weren't serious, but especially Extreme Butoden. And obviously it was a lower profile, lower developmental cost kind of game. Get it out there is commissioned for them. This there, they're really putting in the forefront for the year. And I think to get the attention at the same level as something like the Guilty Gear games, as Blaze Blue, as Persona Arena, that's really exciting that they're really propping it up as this is not just a new Dragon Ball game, but this is like the next arc game. Yeah, and it's gotten a lot of respect from the industry. You see all the awards that it got, like oh, I know, right? All, all at the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, it is my personal game of the show. Although I only had time to play like four games, and I, you <laughs> know, I, I did. I mean, I did play like the bigger games you know i played super mario odyssey i played sonic forces i played marvel versus capcom infinite but dragon ball fighters blows them all away no contest so let's get a little bit more in depth uh josh you're talking about a really cool combo system how did the game feel to you in terms of pacing in terms of functionality what does it remind you of and what's it doing to set itself apart a little bit well the part that was familiar to me as i mostly when it comes to fighting games play street fighter is that there was a lot of quarter circle hit a face button sort of uh, combos going on for special moves. But it's also very button masher friendly. I was completely destroyed by my wife our first round of playing because she was just like, oh, I was just button mashing and she's just doing all this cool stuff, which it also kind of reminds me of like Dead or Alive. Mm. where you can button mash and like some cool stuff will happen, but you don't get like really good unless you actually try and play the game. It wants you to play. And did it feel like if you really, all right, sat back, took the time and thought about how that button mashing was coming at you, you would be able to counter it appropriately. Yeah. I mean, after I played it, you know, three or four times or whatever, and then I would play it up against someone else who was new and maybe they were kind of button mashing and just trying stuff out. Yeah. I was able to outmaneuver them and then kind mm-hmm. of, you know, pace myself and whatnot so that we have a good match. Once I actually learned what does what, because I was still like reading the thing saying, I was still reading all the little signs saying Move how to list. do yeah, things. Yeah. It was like, okay, the match is starting my first match. So I would say if you actually did learn the combo system, if you actually did learn the special moves and the strategies for playing it, you could easily outmaneuver somebody who's button mashing. But if I brought some friends over and I just handed two controllers out and said, hey, try this game, and they both button mash, Mm -hmm. they're going to have a lot of fun and they're going to see a lot of really cool flashy stuff. Ryan, talk to me about the visual style for the game because this is uh, the new thing that Arc is doing where they are fully 3D rendered models, but it's done as a 2D visual presentation. So you, you think you're getting sprite work, but then the camera for certain things will actually pan around and show you the full 3D motion of things. It's not sprites. It's actually polygons that are driving things. Uh, how did the overall visual style look and feel, uh, not just on the computer screen, but up close in person? Yeah, so up close in person, like uh, before I actually played it, I only got to watch like the preview footage on my phone because you know I was already headed to E3. But when I got to E3 and played it, it definitely really, really reminds me of Guilty Gear, like the animation style, just how fluid all of it looks i mean like let's say it's not watching like a fighting game version of the anime it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 completely own thing just like guilty gear i mean and it's not exactly a guilty gear game with dragon ball skin Mm -hmm. but it definitely feels a lot like guilty gear just the way like there's a lot of times where you where you attack with like the hard punch the hard kick like it zooms in and Mm -hmm. you really see and 
feel the impact of your punches and kicks. And also like when you do like your special moves, which are actually really easy to do in this game rather than from the old Butoden games, like you all you just have to do is press like like uh, we played it on the Xbox one, so like all you just have to do is 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 like quarter circle, you know, down and like uh, you know, the right bumper and, and then it, what the camera does, it it rotates and like let's say like Vegeta is doing the big bang attack, it'll rotate, you'll see like Vegeta doing it from the front. And and then it'll quickly rotate to the side when the Big Bang attack hits somebody. And like there's this absolute intensity to it. Like I just can't really explain um, like without without showing it to you. But right. it, it's very, very intense. Tell me a little bit about we've seen this in some of their uh, their other work as well. Some of Ark's other stuff. The game runs at 60 frames a second. But then there are these times when it's like the, the intros or some of the special movie kind of stuff, they do this interesting thing where they basically cut the frame rate down to a film frame rate kind of thing to match what the anime might look like, which is running at film rate 23, 24 frames a second. How did that feel kind of in person while playing the game? Was that jarring? Did it feel natural? Uh, It didn't jar me at all. It actually, I mean, it caught my attention, but say... I'm fighting somebody, they knock out one of my characters, and then you have someone else from my three come charging in. Right, right. They do the like elbow thing together. Right. That to me, I just, I kind of forgot that it was polygon based. I saw that coming and Mm. I didn't really realize consciously, oh, hey, they cut down the frame rate. But when I saw that coming, I was like, wow, that looks exactly like the anime or like a manga panel come to life or something. Yeah. And it, it, it really stood out. And then once it goes back into the fighting, then, you know, the frame rate kicks back up and it's very sure. smooth yeah, and yeah. don't lose anything. So it's like an impact thing. It doesn't actually take away from the fighting itself, but they're they're doing something there. to catch Right. Yeah, they're doing something there. It's it's more than say Marvel versus Capcom where they just have the dude jump back in. You know, it's like, oh, here's another guy. Yeah. But uh, it's not something that takes away from the game or it's not something like Budokai 3 where like you have this sequence that takes like 45 seconds to do one move. Or oh, whatever. right, right. Yeah, like when they do those like poses at the beginning, you know, like I feel like it's more of the manga coming to life rather than the anime for some reason. Like I kind of, yeah, yeah, like I kind of feel like when you watch the anime, like you're so used to the way, you know, like how low budget animated it is. But, (laughs) but then when you, you know, you see the scenes from this game, like they really look like Toriyama's drawings, you know, like coming to life in like a guilty gear style. Sort of like Super DMZ try to look like the manga. Yeah. Right, right, right. For me, when I see those scenes, I I see what you're saying in terms of it being the manga come to life. It's, I think it's because the, the character designs, the proportions are so perfect to Toriyama's designs as opposed to things like a bad animation day in Z or in Super when someone's got a derpy face or their neck is three feet tall, something like that. I think just because these are these perfectly done 3D models of these characters in a 2D space, it just, it represents itself so perfectly well and this is coming from someone who hasn't actually played it so <laughs> let's talk about the the future of this game it's coming early 2018 uh we have these six announced fighters so far what are you guys looking for out of a final version of this game i am looking for an arcade mode not necessarily a story but something like the arcade mode from super dbz or the arcade modes from the shin budokai games mm-hmm. uh maybe there's a ending cinematic that gives some some sort of 
dumb context as to why I'm playing as that character. Sure. You know, it doesn't really have to fit into the Dragon Ball story. Uh, so something like the Street Fighter and the Mortal Kombat endings, where no matter who you choose, you get an ending. It's like, all right, Ryu's walking off into the sunset and Scorpion got his revenge. And Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of what I'm looking for. We have a story. And then, uh, you know, obviously local co-op. I have my wife and I have my friend Frank and we're all living together and they're super excited about the game. So obviously couch co-op and... Probably a really good training mode that way you know, I can learn just all the little things that I might not pick up just from getting beat up by people online all day. Yeah, you, you, the things you're talking about there, those are some really good opportunities that, quite frankly, Street Fighter V dropped the ball on. Uh, there's no arcade, traditional arcade mode in Street Fighter V, uh, rumored to be coming in a, in a big update for it. Uh, training modes, these are things that some games do better than others. Street Fighter continues to try doing it. Tekken's got a different version of it as well, uh, even though NetherRealm games have some kind of training mode in there, but something that really teaches you how to play the game. I think those are important to include for this type of game because Street Fighter V, you know all the Evo players. That, I mean, that was the point of that game, was getting that out in time for Evo. For Dragon Ball, you have such a broad range, a broad base of players who are going to be picking up this game. You want to have a little good tidbit for every type of audience member you have. I think if the solid fighting is there, you got your fighting fans covered. If you have a, a fun little arcade mode that you can jump into, you've got your casual single players covered. You get your training mode in there. You got the people who really want to dive into it and, and learn how to play it for the online fights. I think those are kind of like those three important pillars. Oh, yeah. And also, um, I do feel like when the final game comes out, it's not going to have like a wide variety of characters. Like all the past Dragon Ball Z games have had like 1,000 characters, right, and right. which which mostly play the same. Like, I think it's probably just going to have maybe like, uh, I would say maybe just triple the characters. So probably maybe 18 characters total. Then they'll probably release more through DLC and updates. But yeah, I definitely think we are going to get Beerus in it. Um, I don't know if we're going to have, you know, characters like Kabe or, or like, or like Kale. Well, I mean, this is definitely, this is, (laughs) we hate to put it in fake air quotes, but this is a real fighting game that means you don't get 50 characters the point of this game is to have a smaller group of extremely individualized characters it's not that you're going to play as goku for half an hour then you're going to play as frieza for half an hour and then you're going to play as cell for five minutes and then you're going to play as gohan for five minutes you're going to pick your main who are you going to main in this game and you might have a backup for that but that's the point this is bizarre for me to be describing this in 2017 because this is how the three of us grew up with fighting games <laughs> yeah you have your main character that you play as because you did test them all out and you found the character that best fits your style whether that's the slow character whether that's the fast character that does less damage whether that's a character with a good range someone like dalsim uh, whether someone's uh, good at close-ups whether someone's good at keep away games whether someone's more anti-air this is how this game is definitely going to shape up which speaking of uh you're talking about like different types of characters and whatnot one thing that i thought was really cool was you know they had uh super saiyan 2 gohan you know like cell game gohan as a character to play as at this demo the him being so small they actually worked him as a close range character 
That makes like sense, he's yeah. really strong, but you have to get in there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he's useless. Right. Right. And they have some ways to cover that distance that are really effective. Oh, but... oh yeah. About that. Like I was playing my friend uh, the other day and um, I fired a final flash as Vegeta, but he was Gohan, but Gohan was so small that he ducked under it. <laughs> right. So it's really nice. What I'm saying is like the different, types of characters that's going to be really fun it's going to be something we haven't seen as far as i know since a long time super easy yeah. yeah yeah i mean obviously there are different archetypes of characters in the sparking games raging blast and into xenoverse but uh nothing like this and i think that's the exciting thing so uh i guess just speaking a little more broadly what was some of the anecdotal stuff you were hearing on the show floor about the game uh let's see other than the minute or so of a bunch of people that came by the area to chant dragon ball sucks as loud as they could probably before running on the way back to marvel versus capcom infinite like can we not be children jesus christ yeah i know yeah Uh, other than that like i i've just heard general excitement you know people people being in line whether they're dragon ball fans or just fighting game fans or whatever you know just or even just press people in the back you know they it was just a general excitement. There wasn't uh, specifics kind of catching my ear or anything. I mean, I, I have some of my own anecdotes. Like, uh, I feel like this game is something that can be played very easily with a controller, where like other games, it's like, if you really want to get good, you need a fight stick. You mm-hmm. know, uh, That's something that I found really important to me anyway, because I don't have a fight stick, you know, so... Right. So like my Street Fighter development feels limited, you know, where with this, I could just do stuff right away. I didn't. uh, And also another thing I wanted to kind of bring up was uh, the music for this game. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what sort of music they've been using for the trailers, but uh, what we got in the actual public area is it's kind of that general Dragon Ball music they've been doing since like the Budokai series where it's all like electric guitars mixed with horn instruments. Yeah. yeah. Like the same stuff you would find like a ska band using, but it sounds more like, you know, inspirational Japanese rock. Yeah. Uh, The music is a big thing. I hear a lot of people excited about Uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari is the main composer there at ARC. Uh, People love his music in previous games. And I think they're looking for uh, his spin on Dragon Ball music, which makes a lot of sense to me. When I was waiting in line, like, um, yeah, like a lot of people in line, yeah, definitely were Dragon Ball fans. You know, they grew up playing the Budokai games. And also, like, one guy behind me was like, oh, man, I've played this already like seven times in a row, and this is my eighth time, and I'm going <laughs> to probably just go back the rest of the day. Yeah, just keep playing that. Yeah, the game was just that much fun, and I really want to go back and play it again. Like, this morning, I tried to pick up uh, Extreme Batoden again, just yeah, to see yeah. if I did anything similar to that experience, and I was just like, it's not the same it's close but it's not yeah i saw a lot of people like man i i think i'm gonna dive back into that game to get prepped like guys this this game's a ways out this is early 2018 so you get to pace yourselves a little bit yeah yeah there is this summer supposed to be a closed beta right so i'm pretty psyched about that it's hard to describe just being extremely excited about a dragon ball game again like i remember when xenoverse was first introduced at e3 a few years ago when i was sending you information about that yeah yeah. like it was exciting to be part of that 
reveal process and reveal process and it was exciting to you know have uh, a dragon ball game again but like it was just kind of like okay cool here's another dragon ball game i'm gonna play it where you know this i'm just there is going to be another dragon ball game i am excited <laughs> yeah. i am getting this day one i am going to kick so much ass yeah like not since like super dragon ball z like um all the games have pretty much been like 3d open world fly all around the screen type games you know it's it, after a while, it gets a little hard to get excited about those type of games. But when this went back to being a 2D fighter and just the way it's stylized, the way it looks, yeah, I got really excited for this game. Yep. This one's for us. No one's going to take yes. it away from us. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Right, yeah, right now. No. And for those of us that are paying attention, you see like all the little moves that the characters have, like most of them are taken directly from something that happened in the manga, you yeah, know, or yeah. in the anime. Like the only thing that I saw that I couldn't quite remember if it came from anything that actually happened in Dragon Ball was like Cell had this kind of forward kind of cartwheel move that he did that covered some distance and did some damage. And I was just like, I don't remember that, but it's still a really cool move. I'm going to spin this a couple of times and make Ryan angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the attention to detail. And we've had that before. Uh, quite honestly, I feel like the best attention to detail was lately, uh, ultimate Butoden on the original DS, uh, a few years ago. Um, so I'm really excited for something. Yeah, like it's been that. a while since I played that. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to get back to that. Uh, well, I mean, this is still just the game was announced. It's still in the works. It's not coming for a while, but uh, this is a great opportunity to talk about this reveal with a couple folks that I know are as excited about it as I am. For yep. me, the, the way I like to describe things is you convince people of excitement by describing your excitement and why it excites you. And that's what I want to accomplish here. And I say this not being on the payroll for ARC or for Bandai Namco, <laughs> but simply as someone who loves this style of game. And, uh, I mean, we think back to when we were growing up and getting into Dragon Ball. We we're like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if Capcom made a Dragon Ball fighting game? We sort of yeah. got that with Super DBZ with uh, Crafts and Meister, but it was a little bit different because it was still kind of a 3D game. This is what I think we imagined when we looked at something like hyperdimension and thought, man, what could it be in the future when they exactly when they could really make this look like the show? And I, I think this is going to be it. So let me bring the topic to a close. Ryan, Josh, what do you want to throw out there? Battle Geek Plus, what else is going on? Uh, well, before we start plugging our own stuff, I want to give a shout out to uh, Rhyme Style. He was actually the guy who got me the connection to go back into the media area and just play it a bunch more times without having to wait. Um, he saw that I was standing in line. I was posting pictures on Twitter and he was just like, Hey, can you get Kendamu back there? And he's like, yeah, just tell him to come up and ask for so-and-so. Uh, and so I did. And yay. Uh, I got to play it a lot more times, but other than that, um, for plugging stuff, uh, I'll go with my, uh, personal channel. I'll let Ryan do battle geek plus, uh, you can find me on youtube.com slash kendamu, K-E-N-D-A-M-U. My computer's broken, so I haven't posted any videos in a couple of weeks, but I'll try and get back to that as soon as possible once I buy some more RAM. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at kendamuz, because everyone likes the sequel better anyway. All right, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter at that Ryan Molina, and if you want to watch my old Dragon Ball Z and other anime music videos, you can watch them at 3gkai.com, or look up Ginga Giri Giri Kai. And also you can find me on Battle Geek Plus, where we just posted a whole bunch of E3 videos. Um, we posted um, our gameplay footage and experience 
of playing Dragon Ball Fighters. We also have um, Super Mario Odyssey footage and a whole bunch of awesome stuff. And we are definitely planning on doing some reviews of Dragon Ball games in the future, um, most specifically the PlayStation ones. <laughs> All right, Ryan, Josh, thank you, dudes. We'll uh, probably talk about this game in the future. So talk to yeah, you Yeah, for sure. All right, see you, Mike. All right, see you. Thanks to Ryan, thanks to Josh for talking with me a little bit about the game. Again, it's the kind of thing where, all right, we know a little bit, we know just enough. We don't have a whole lot to say about it. We're just so excited about th this is everything that folks of my exact generation have wanted for so long since we could form thoughts about what we wanted with Dragon Ball in this kind of game. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about it. I hope the enthusiasm comes across and uh, I hope the optimism can stay strong as we wait like a year <laughs> hopefully not quite a year to get the final product early 2018 so again i'm gonna just wrap up the episode here talking a little bit about website content news has been strong on the site i've been keeping up with the ultimate mission x sales <laughs> speaking of ultimation x ever since fighters was announced i'm like well i don't need to play this anymore i don't even care like i i can't maintain any facade of excitement or enjoyment with ultimate mission x so i haven't actually touched it in quite some time uh, maybe i'll get back to it i don't know man Stormblood is out i'm still trucking along in zelda it's it's tough to want to pick up ultimate mission x it's really, really tough. But I've been tracking the Japanese sales. Uh, obviously, we're going to have the eighth week sales, day or two-ish, sometime like that after you uh, after this episode comes out. But as of its seventh week, it had pushed 163,451 copies in Japan. That is a little bit ahead of the original Ultimate Mission. It's pretty decently ahead of Ultimate Mission 2. And it's uh, also just a little bit ahead of Dragon Ball Fusions by all of their respective seventh weeks in their respective release years. So it's kind of on trend, a little bit ahead of everything. That's that's surprising. Uh, Ultimate Mission, Ultimate Mission 2, they did some weird sales stuff, especially the first game where it disappeared. And then it came back strong following the release of Battle of Gods and approaching Golden Week that year. So I'm really curious to see how Ultimate Mission X is going to stack up uh, over the next few weeks. Now we're kind of flip-flopping around and doing news toward the end of the episode. I just want to give you a little bit of recap because, again, it's a lot of just straight-up press talk. You can read all the translations uh, on the site, especially something like this, where we have a comment. It's better to just read it in their own words. Uh, we did get the ninth Dragon Ball Super ending theme announced. Lacko Tower is going to be coming back. They had previously contributed the song Light Pink. It was the third closing to Dragon Ball Super. We have a comment from the band's vocalist uh, from their announcement that we've translated over there on the website. And just some other random stuff. Dragon Ball Super uh, DVD and Blu-ray box number eight. That's been announced. That's coming out in October. So that's going to keep trucking along. In terms of other news you can look forward to. Uh, as I'm recording this, V-Jump is out in like two-ish days. Going by Japan time, obviously stuff has been leaking already. Uh, as soon as we get our copy, you can independently confirm You know all the random little stuff that we want to cover out of the magazine. We'll, of course, do that. So look forward to more translations and more coverage from all the stuff in there. So let's turn over to content that you can find on on the website right now stuff that is coming that i kind of want to tease finally added something to the rumor guide that i had been wanting to add for a long time kept talking about it kept jotting down notes notes turned into an outline turned into 
actual paragraphs. And I think it was back in March, I actually fully wrote out the entire thing. He just kind of sat there for a while. He kept reviewing it, kept updating it, tossing it to the other guys for review, kept adding to it. <laughs> I finally decided that ah, this is good enough to post now. So a new addition to the rumor guide, the name of Frieza's race. It includes pretty much anything and everything you could think of relating to that name, uh, including Frost Demons, Changelings, and even the accursed term Arcosian which, no, that has nothing to do with anything. No, that's, no, apps, just no, just no. But you can go read. Everything that you can possibly think of is covered over in there. We got video clips and all sorts of great things. So check out the rumor guide. Uh, I cleaned up a little bit of text, uh, miscellaneous other things in there. And I think I added the Dragon Ball Heroes cards for the Kudis entry as well. So, you no, know, we're always trucking away at sections and trying to update things and keep things up to date. Uh, Heath has been making it his mission. I'm not talking about the wiki here, although... That's always on the back burner as well. But uh, a guide that we had intended to launch in 2013, Battle of Gods came out like a year after we you know, merged into Consentia. Like, this is going to be the next big guide, and this is going to be great. Battle of Gods came out like, oh, all right. I mean, that adds a pretty decent amount to it. That's manageable, though. Resurrection F didn't add a whole lot maybe just a little bit to it and then super like man we this is not gonna launch anytime soon is it so here we are five years after we intended to launch this guide i still don't have an eta on it but it is certainly approaching something far more complete uh than i think we originally envisioned it to be i have a bunch of uh proofing to go back in and, and do a little bit of fact checking myself in it uh heath kicked me a little bit of text i'm gonna kind of like rewrite and reform and figure out the right places to put that stuff in i mean it is a great absolutely wonderful section the perfect type of thing that i'm looking forward to launching on the site where it is a guide but it has all the right documentation but that documentation isn't a replacement for the original source material it's just a perfect guide through those citations of that source material i just love 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 what heath has kind of taken under his wing is his pet project here. Uh, really looking forward to that. Again, don't have an ETA, but we make all sorts of false promises. Hopefully this isn't one of the false ones. Uh, I mean, it's in <laughs> such great shape now. I don't see us not launching it. Uh, that's kind of all I want to talk about right now. I mean, we had uh, a, a great topic. Thanks again to Ryan and Josh. Uh, com. That is cons and shoe for all the other dudes on the site, which there are three. There's myself, Mike. We also have Heath. We have Jake, we have Julian, us four together that makes Konzenshu. Uh, we'll find you on the site, we'll find you on social media, we got our forum, uh, all the various places. So once again, for the other dudes, my name is Mike. Have a great week. See you next time.